my goal was to get as much experience within an industry and all facets of it so that I could have the opportunity to do what I had always dreamed about, which is lead a major worldwide brand. It's always how you continue to grow, whether it be riding a zip line, jumping out of an airplane, scuba diving and diving with sharks with no cage. Whatever it is that pushes my limits for growth is what keeps me interested in opening the next door. But you have to go get it. You have to be curious and energetic. Those things, I don't think it's any magic formula. I don't think I've done anything special. I just think it's drive and energy and curiosity. Welcome to the Stay Looped podcast, your essential guide to staying in the loop in a world brimming with endless events and innovations. Have you ever wondered what crucial information you're missing out on? What's happening in the shadows of the mainstream? Hosts Chris Starkey and Jeffrey Denman are here to keep you connected. In each episode, they delve into the realms of technology, creativity, and groundbreaking innovation, bringing you conversations with influencers who are rewriting the rules. Stay Looped is more than just a podcast. It's your personal informant in an ever-changing world of events. So tune in, stay looped, and don't just keep up, stay ahead of the curve. Uh, what's up, everyone? It's Chris and Jeff with the Stay Loop podcast, event discovery one loop at a time. We are so thrilled because we have a pretty amazing dude with yeah. us on our show today. He's the CEO and president of Remax International, Nick Bailey. Nick, what's up, buddy? My guys, nice to be with you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Nick, I've known Nick for, I think, five years now, five or six years now. And I knew him before he was CEO at Remax International when he was CEO at Century 21, the Yellow Jackets, baby. Bringing up all my history, I see already. (laughs) (laughs) So, Nick, we appreciate you jumping on. This is dedicated to all those event professionals doing some amazing things out there and really trying to understand how to get better at their jobs. And Jeff and I, were here to basically introduce them to people who are doing some amazing things with their corporations, in the industry, and getting some really solid insight of how to make their job better, how to do their job better. Nick, I've seen you many times in action on stage at R4, this massive conference that happens in Las Vegas every year for what, 7,000, 8,000 people, something like that? We had 10 this year. Don't shortcut us. Is it Nice. Nice, nice. Congrats on that. It does vary though each year. It varies. And when Nick hits the stage, he wants to do it with a splash. I know that recently, even at a summer company picnic, you skydive from whatever heights and would you fly in right into the golf course or something like that? Explain that to me. How'd that go down? A little bit of background. You mentioned our R4 conference, which is our annual convention where we have people come from all around the world. And we had 74 countries represented because Remax is 146,000 agents spanning 110 countries and territories. So it is a global event. But what happened is at the opening session, they ordered me this cool flight suit and I came in on a cable across the ceiling in the arena and dropped down and yeah, like to do in production. Uh, first made me do it. And anyway, so I just decided then for the company picnic, I'm like, I have this custom flight suit. I could better use it again. And I thought an annual event that our employees do at our founder's golf course. And so that's how I decided to arrive. And I've never been skydiving before. And I thought, why not? Oh, that was your first time? It was. Nice. So Nate, what's the point of doing something like that? I know maybe you're a thrill seeker, but is it to add some EQ to the event, make people influence their decisions, motivate them? What's behind doing things like that? 
So I think it's a couple things. One is, yeah, I would like adventure. I like to try things, which is a little bit of a personality piece. The second piece, though, is I just think when you're trying new things, you're growing. And so that's part of, I believe in coaching. Like I have a personal coach I have had for years that I talk to a couple times a month. And so I think people in leadership roles decide that they are the coach instead of realizing that every top athlete and even top business people, they sometimes need a coach to help them continue to grow. And so that's the second piece. And then third is our culture. We have a co-founder that founded our company 50 years ago, and he has done over those decades things that aren't even on my radar. Like you talk about this conference, he's ridden in an elephant in for his welcome or a lion or he drove NASCAR. And so we have a culture of adventure, I think, within the Remax system because of our co-founders. And so I think it's a culmination of those three things. Love that. So I know Air Force coming up in January. Can you divulge maybe with something that you're going to be doing this year for that impact? Are you already planned it or what's going on there? It's not baked in stone, but yeah. it could be part of my entertainment background. I, I, I do have a little history of an entertainment background that you know. And yes. so my entrance could involve people not knowing that I'm part of the opening act. Let me just nice. So what Nick is alluding to, and I'm very privy, <laughs> privy to, is that in his first life, Nick is a Celtic dancer, Irish dancer, right? Well, it's not Irish, it's country, but yeah. <laughs> but Nick bit. has red hair, as you can see. So we're, I'm just naturally <laughs> assuming it's, it's Irish, right? Some of it was, but yeah. Yeah. We in, a lot in, of in the first chapter here. one of my life. Yeah, for sure. Nice. So knowing that you're us like to entertain people, Tell us how you like to incorporate that because this is really good to hear for other companies that are having conferences. Why is it important that someone in your position, a CEO or a president, creates influence through edutainment? I like that term. I haven't heard that before, but yeah. I'm going to steal that. Dig it. I think people are looking for experiences. And I've always been a major fan. People always ask me, like, what are your favorite books? And I always admit I'm not a crazy avid reader. I wish I was. But a couple of the standout are the Nordstrom Way and the Gold Standard, which is the Ritz-Carlton. And within those findings, when you create, they used to call it customer service, right? And to me, that's such an old school term. It's about experience. And when you create experiences for people, you touch an emotion that you can't replace by something that's analytical. If they have an experience at your event, and that means there's one that I used from the Savannah Bananas. You guys know who that is? It's the baseball team out of Georgia, yeah. and they're all about experiences. <laughs> And this, I showed a clip and the CEO of the Savannah Bananas, he talks about, and they do crazy things. They dance while they're playing the game and they're on stilts and just, they create an experience. By the way, their stadium holds 5,000. They have over 550,000 on a waiting list for tickets wow. just to get an experience. And so what happens is he has three words that he believes that define the experience. You wouldn't believe. And we've all had that experience that people get home and say, you wouldn't believe. Our CEO flew from the ceiling. You wouldn't believe our CEO landed and went skydiving. And it's not about me. It's about, this is our brand. It's our people. I just happen to be a puppet that's part of the act. But I really think when you get down to experience, it's all about anticipating the unexpected needs and delivering before people even know they want them. And when you do that, you touch something at their core that makes an impression. In, in our world, it's a very emotion relationship driven business, buying or selling a home for consumers, one of the biggest investments that they ever have in their life. And they want to work with someone that they like, know, and trust. And that translates to what we do for all of our real estate agents is they want to come and learn. And there's at some point, even during a conference, they want to be entertained. And so we can't forget, I've seen conferences and I've seen speakers that have the best content in the world. And 
I want out of there because it's boring. And so that's probably just a little bit of personality, but I think people want to be entertained. And I think you can accomplish both in a very classy way. Yeah, for sure. I know you love to make sure that you are motivating all the colleagues and delegates that are coming from all over the world to be at the conference. So I want to know, you you referenced just a moment ago that having a speaker that's not really engaging is something that you want to stray away from. What are the other things that you can recognize, again, for our listeners, when you attend a conference or even your own conference that you know this is not working? It's not driving home what I really want to deliver. It's interesting because I've worked with our event leadership for decades, right? And in some form or fashion, and I'll be the first to say, by the way, and they always remind me, I am not events qualified to like to run an event department, but I get really involved in their world to the point where like they're tired of me, Nick, go away. Because there is something about creating an experience. Let me give you fundamental ones. Put a thousand people in a ballroom and it's a cocktail reception for an hour and a half. Almost every event that I go to, they make a fundamental mistake. They'll have four bars, which hits the criteria of one per 100 attendees, but they're all lined up next to each other. And so everyone's in the corner, packed around. Oh, and the entertainment's right here. They can't hear a discussion with the person they're standing next to. And instead of putting one here, one here, one in the forward, one in the back, they're not creating a great flow. They're checking the box that on the event criteria says, It matches what the contract and the number of people and the space has, but it's amazing how you can separate bars in a room and people are having a better experience and they don't even know it. And that's where I think event people get it great is when all of a sudden people aren't standing in the food line that wraps outside the door and around the corner because they put it on a double-sided, all in the same spot, but they put one in the back and one in the front corner and maybe the desserts in the center. It's logistics when it comes to flow, when it comes to what type of music sets the atmosphere, the volume of it. I am all about, and I am in my home when I entertain, lights and music puts on any great party. And I see when people are just having a great time, it's flowing, lines are a big deal, entertainment's a big deal, and then all of a sudden it exceeds their expectation. And unfortunately, I think too many people do it and check the boxes and don't think about how they could do it just this much better. And believe it or not, your attendees will have even a better time, but they don't know why. It's amazing that you uh, have taken the time to really analyze the, just in this conversation, the efficiencies of a flow, which is a huge word in the event industry. And you're able to recognize and tap into that. It's fantastic. As a CEO, one of the things that from a stockholder perspective, all the above that you are seeing what the ROI is from holding a conference. I know millions of dollars are invested in producing a conference. And I'm not sure exactly what the investment is like for R4 that happens in Las Vegas, but I know it's tremendous because I've seen it. How do you determine based on the conference itself that you have delivered and received the ROI that the delegates and the stockholders want to see from spending that kind of capital? I love that question. And I'm smiling and nodding my head because I think in some businesses, a spreadsheet and a graph will tell you exactly what that ROI is and you'll get within a percentage that you have a comfort level. And it depends on your business. Now, you're in a business like ours that ours is about real estate agents joining us and staying with us, but they're independent contractors. We talk all the time that our agents are our assets. They can leave at five o'clock and we cross our fingers, hope and pray they come back the next day. 
And so for us, it's all about relationship and power of influence versus specific linear effect that says, if we invest 1 million, our ROI is X. We know that being in front of people to demonstrate the value of how, if you want to be a real estate agent, we can show you how being with Remax, there's a reason why the average Remax agent sells two times as much real estate as our next closest competitor. Now we can articulate that value and I'm not here to give a sales pitch, but what I do know is being face-to-face and event selling for us is extremely important. Now, that means, by the way, do we calculate the ROI on every single event? If I put $10 million into R4, did we get 12 back? That's not how our ROI works. We know the more people that are there, the more people that we influence, the more people that are checking us out and kicking the tires, we can directly track that to see if they join us within 36 to 90 days. And so that's a direct ROI. But in our business, we have to remember that we don't see or touch our customer every day. We may only see them once a year when they come to the annual conference or once every three years. And we're reselling them on the benefits of affiliation, whether that be they call for their password or they come see us give a great speech. And so for us, we don't calculate it the way that some would and expect that return to follow a specific formula. Makes sense. You've been exposed, I'm assuming, to other conferences, a part of other organizations. You were the VP at at Zillow, president at Century 21. I know your background from Montana. Go Bobcats. What's your degree in? Business administration. Oh, okay. Got it. Very good. Can you enlighten us the difference between having solid partners that are helping produce the event compared to having partners that are just there as order takers. Yeah, is there a difference? Can you feel a difference? Have you have you experienced a lot of years difference? Okay. Like hold on, lightning's gonna strike your desk and break it in half difference. Okay. And here's what it comes down to. I think your event has to match your culture. There are so many things that go into that. And so culturally I believe when you work with partners, yourself being one of them, that you understand our culture, who we are, what our expectations are. You know that if we come to you for an idea, there's probably 90% of what you could offer that you don't even serve up to us because it's not going to fit within us. And so we have extreme loyalty with many of our partners because I think once you establish that relationship, they not only understand your culture and know your want and needs, but then they over-deliver for you. And there are those years where you need that one extra favor or you need that one additional thing because of something and partners will do that. And so we very much respect people that we continue to do business with because we know them and they know that us and that's a big deal. Transform your media or event-driven business with Mojo Makers, where we specialize in scaling your venture effectively. Eliminate the 80% of distractions holding you back and get hyper-focused toward a 10 times growth strategy. Our future filter approach cuts through the noise, keeping your business on track for record numbers. Contact Mojo Makers today and start your journey toward unparalleled business achievements. Find out more at www.mojomakers.net. And they understand your brand, and that's extremely important, obviously, because you want to replicate it year after year to continue to drive population and obviously revenue as well. Let's talk about brand. This is something that every consumer, employee, people will understand. There's something about brand that creates an emotional impact, whether it be a car brand, the difference between a Mercedes and a Honda, right? Whether you've owned either, you will have an impression. There's one that one of our leaders brings up about handbags because real estate's about image and ladies and handbags and the brand that they have and the impression it gives. And 
for all these reasons. And when you put on, whether it be an event for 10 people or 10,000 people, to me, it is absolutely representative of your brand. And so you want another one. I talk about flow. One of my pet peeves, name badges. Really? Uh, we're in a business with thousands of people. One, the name, don't do a single lanyard. It flips. Yeah. And if I have 10,000 people coming up and I have someone across the room, I want the first name three times as large as the last name because I'm going to address you as Chris, not Starkey. Yeah. And it, whether I know you or not, or remember, or if your badge is backwards, or the ones that get me the little metal clips, sit in a room of a thousand people, and all you hear is these little chimes going on. I think what it comes down to is when I look at our brand value when it comes to an event, it's that level of detail that we will go to to say, the name has to be right, they shouldn't jingle, and they shouldn't flip. And you will have a better brand experience than when you go somewhere else that has the little almost drop your business card in and it's always backwards or behind a shirt. It's a terrible experience. And it creates stress that people don't know your name when you walk up. And I just can't figure out why people that are leading and putting events together miss those details. And you can't hide behind budget because there's ways to do it at the same cost. You just have to be aware of the detail. So knowing the position that you're in right now, I want to know specifically about you because I know you love brand. I know you love your personal brand as well. You've been in a lot of different positions. So for Nick Bailey specifically, with everything you've learned throughout your career, what is next? And not to say that you're about to leave Remax. We don't want to get anybody nervous. But Start a rumor mill. Yes, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. And maybe it is it's, it's with Remax in terms of what your growth is. What does that look like? And I hate using the word your three, five, 10 year plan. I want to know what the treasure map is. What is the treasure map for Nick Bailey that we're all going to experience? It's a secret. Oh, Okay, no. so there's something potentially um, in the horizon, maybe. No, there's not. Let's not start any rumors. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll have people calling me. Here's what I think for me. Someone, like I said, I've always had coaches and mentors. I had someone early on over 20 years ago that said, by the way, figure out what you're passionate about and explore it because over a certain period of time, you'll be able to choose what you want to do. And so I chose this industry well into my late teens and early 20s. Now, I've done a ton of different things in this industry, for sure, but it afforded me the opportunity to move into a role that I always dreamed about. And so my first CEO role was, I was 42. And I'll just tell you, that was like six years ago. My goal was to get as much experience within an industry and all facets of it so that I could have the opportunity to do what I had always dreamed about, which is lead a major worldwide brand. And that was just part of my goal. So what's for me next or what's up? For me, it's always how you continue to grow. And I mentioned whether it be riding a zip line, whether it be jumping out of an airplane, whether it be scuba diving and diving with sharks with no cage, which I've done several times. Whatever it is that pushes my limits for growth is what keeps me interested in opening the next door. But you have to go get it. You have to be curious and energetic. Those things, I don't think it's any magic formula. I don't think I've done anything special. I just think it's drive and energy and curiosity. And what else it is, Nick, it's also being uncomfortable. I tell people all the time, if you are not uncomfortable in terms of what you're doing, you're not growing. And the fact that all the things you reference that you've done, yes, that from a risk-taking perspective, potentially they're uncomfortable. But yeah, that's one of the greatest things about being seeing the conference that are for is that people are pushing the limits. I see some of the speakers and I see the dryness coming from all the delegates that attend all around the world. 
they spend a lot of money to come to this conference. And that's an uncomfortable situation for them because they want to make sure they're getting something out of it. And that being feeling uncomfortable shows the growth that you guys are promoting. So I apply to you and Remax for continuing to make that happen for sure. I appreciate that. And I think the other part is when you find yourself following some of your passions in life. And look, my life has changed course dramatically. If you would have saw 35 years ago, chapter one looks very different than chapter two or three, but they've all built upon each other. And I guess for me, the other part is show up and be genuine no matter what. Be genuine in whatever you're doing. And whether it was my first entry-level job, or whether it be this job, I stand in front of rooms of hundreds of thousands of people. I give everybody my cell number that wants it, which is her. Wow, that's cool. I I love that. We talk about these conferences since we're talking about events. I won't leave or go to bed until every last person that wants to do a photograph does a photo or we have a chance to chat. And so... I'm not doing that to win any type of award or something, but I think goes back to that customer experience. And if you're giving people a better experience than they even thought they could get when they got there and exceed their expectations, that's a win. And it's a win in our business. And I think events is such a wonderful, awesome way to be able to do that. I know people are thinking, oh my gosh, this guy knows about lanyards and flow. This micromanager must be awful to work with. It comes down to what do the slides look like and how does it feel and how does it all fit together? I think when either if you can play a part in it or you hire someone that's really good at it, and I've been lucky enough to work with some of the best events people in the world. And so it certainly isn't me doing it by myself, but it is me getting used to it, asking a lot of questions and making sure that we have great people that when you say, hey, can we move the food? Can we move the line here? Can we have a badge that doesn't flip around? A lot of people go, they're just micromanaging our details. Instead, you find people that share the same passion as you, and all of a sudden, it's fun. I was going to ask you, Nick, have you seen ways in which your courage, your risk-taking, your desire to jump out there and do something different, have you seen examples of that filtering down through your people? You do, and when you do, it's really something. You sometimes don't even hear. You don't even hear about it, but I was actually at a reception about three weeks ago, and I had this young lady walk up to me. And she just said, hi, it's so nice to meet you in person. And she just starts crying. And I thought, oh no, what's wrong? What do we do? And she was very complimentary and she was very nice about not only our brand, but she said that she thought about giving up this career in this industry. And she gave me some very nice compliments that she's been following me for about three years. And she said, I watched the risks that you've taken and the energy that you've brought. And she said, I just want to tell you, you're the reason that I stayed in this business. Yeah, we love that. And I'll I'll tell you what, it's lucky enough that you hit someone at the right time in the right place because there are so many people out there that did that for me in my career and either hit me at the right moment, invested in me, was a mentor, was a coach. And you never know what someone's story is. And you may be hitting them exactly at the right time. And you can be in a room of 10,000 and they're sitting there saying, he's talking to me. Yeah. And it doesn't always happen, but when it does... I think that's pretty amazing. Love that you said that. A CEO and a president. I'm sure you've experienced this as well. There's a lot of people that probably maybe don't like you very much. I know that's happened to me as well. But here's the crazy thing about this is that I love the fact that you said you you give your cell phone out and you don't go to bed till you are touching each one of those individuals. The energy that you're putting out there doesn't always necessarily, you know, you're talking to someone, you're 
trying to give them energy, won't always necessarily come back to you from that person, but you never know who else is around, who you are specifically touching, that it will absolutely come back to. And that's why you're a great CEO. So I love that story. you, You can't expect it. Here's what I refer to it. I'm a compliment camel because in my job, I hear mainly negative, right? I'm going to hear what's wrong for anyone in their career, whether you're just starting or whether you're a manager, director, VP. In your leadership, the higher you go in your leadership and your career, the more you become a fixer, you become a problem solver. And so you end up start taking on a lot of what's wrong, a lot of what needs. And so you don't get a whole lot of positive a lot. And so I look at it and say, when someone is willing to share some of the positives, Compliment Camel can put that in there and store it up for six months and it's enough to keep you going, but just never expect it. I love that. Okay, so I'm going to ask you one final question before we wrap this up. So you guys really, as you're, I'm not sure if it's your closing night or somewhere in the middle, you have some amazing national acts to run through the conference. So everybody from Pitbull to Earth, Wind & Fire, Bon Jovi, you name it. So out of everyone you've ever seen, mm-hmm. who was the greatest show? Who has put on the greatest show for y'all? Oh, and you mean like private concert for us? Yeah, yeah, private concert uh, for you. Yeah, you're right. Like last year, we had, we had our 50th anniversary. We had right. five. So a lot of it might be based on preference. I'm a big country music. Ah, okay. Maybe that's because I was born in Wyoming. Yeah. Who do I think has put on? Because I have some best concerts ever. Well, like at Red Rocks or something or Fiddler's Green, something like that. But I want specifically... For those corporate people out there that are looking for a national act to really bring it home, I want to know who that is. I'm going to say Keith Urban was one of the best. Keith Urban. All right. He's, yeah. Keith on the, Urban on the, song, Jeff. Do you know Keith Urban song? I, uh, in private. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's on the countryside, but we did. We've had Pitbull. Do you know last year who on the entertainment factor knocked it off the charts was Flo Rida. Oh, I love um, Flow Rider. One of the greatest event experiences ever. I produced the Super Bowl for the Broncos and we brought in Flow Rider and it was just a DJ, a couple dancers and him. I was like, wow, we just won the Super Bowl. We have a DJ in one act with some booty shakers behind him. And that dude just destroyed it. The crowd went nuts. It was, in my opinion, one of the best concerts I've ever seen as well from a corporate arena. So good call on that for sure. Yeah. And he was last year because we had a couple of entertainers since it was our 50th anniversary. So it was a big year for us. And so he was like the welcome. But I'll tell you, it was great because I'm off on the side and up in the stands. And I had a couple of people come (laughs) up to me the next day and they said, we spotted you up there and you had a look on your face. And I said, yeah, because I was standing next to our senior vice president of events and all of a sudden there were guys with their shirts off and there were 50 people on stage and they were dancing crazy and they were pouring tequila down people's throats. And I looked over and I like, we like to have fun and real estate has a culture of having a lot of fun. Yep. And I even looked over and I said, was this in our contract? What's going on here? But right. I have to say it ended up all PG. It was just fine, but it was really fun and a great entertainer. So that's certainly a recent highlight. For sure. All right. That was great. I love that. Nate, we want to thank you. The years of success that you've had. We can't wait to see what happens in Las Vegas with you. You're probably going to do that circular motorcycle thing or something like that or jump (laughs) over the audience or whatever you're going to do. I'm sure it's going to be crazy. I don't know, but our opening speaker is Ellen. Um, Oh, is it? Wow. It is. And so I'm doing a one hour interview where I get to be the interviewer. And so, as most people know, she's got an incredible story of success and hardship combined with some fun and laughs. And that's what we like. It should certainly stack up to be a fun hour. She comes out. She's known for coming out doing the dance on the front. Are you going to get get up and dance with her? 
I'm sure we'll make that part of it. We also wanted Shaq. We thought he'd be a cool speaker. And I thought it'd be great if he carried me out like a baby. Oh my gosh, that would be the best. That'd be fun. That would be the best. (laughs) Nick, we appreciate everything. Please say hi to Hannah for us, your beautiful wife. And again, continued success to everything you're doing is such a privilege to hear your journey, to watch you on stage year after year. And the influence that you're creating with Remax International absolutely fell. I see all over the place uh, after the conference, people are riding high. That's because of your influence, your team's influence with everything that you do. So again, Nick Bailey, thank you so much. Thank you. Honored to hang out with you and share. I hope people maybe pick up one or two ideas. And you've certainly been a big part of helping us be successful. So I appreciate it, brother. Grateful. Thank you, Nick. Take Take care, care, brother. All right. That's all for this episode of the Stay Looped podcast, brought to you by Chris Starkey and Jeffrey Denman. Remember, staying informed is the key to staying ahead. Keep engaging, keep questioning, and most importantly, keep staying looped. Join us next time for more insights and stories that keep you connected to the pulse of change.